Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby. The Browns were a part of history on Sunday when they hosted the Washington football team. Browns Chief of Staff Callie Brownson, Washington full-year coaching intern Jennifer King, and NFL official Sarah Thomas were all a part of the game, marking the first time a female coach was on each sideline in a game also featuring a female official. Mary Kay Cabot had a chance to talk with Brownson about the moment, about her role on the Browns and working with Kevin Stefanski, and the role she played in navigating the COVID-19 offseason, plus much more. On today's podcast, you'll hear their interview. Before we get to it, remember to check out Football Insider to get exclusive content texted directly to you from me, Mary Kay, Scott Patsko, and Ellis Williams, and to have opportunities to participate in our weekly post-game shows and weekly NFL Picks podcast. Go to cleveland.com slash browns for more information or to start your 14-day free trial right now, text 216-208-3965. Football Insider is $3.99 per month after the trial. We're going to get an early break in here to hear from our sponsor, and then you'll get to hear Mary Kay's interview with Callie Brownson. Thank you so much for joining me today, Callie. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Always feels good after a win, right? Tell me what that moment was like uh, for you yesterday, you know, throughout the game to know that it was, you know, you, Jennifer, Sarah out there and just kind of making history. Yeah, it was a really cool moment. Um, you know, I think it, for us all, it was a chance to reflect too, kind of just on how our journeys have been and um, all of the things that we've gone through to get to this point, uh, to be able to step out on the field and have representation in almost every facet of what was happening on the field uh, is a really cool feeling because that's what it's really about. You know, we've been seeing things over the past few years of singular representation by teams, which has been phenomenal to see as a bunch of new teams jump on board and hiring females and and buying in on uh, diversity and inclusion. Uh, But for there to be uh, total representation, I think, was just a whole new pinnacle for, uh, you know, really this goal and this mission that we've had to to change the way the sidelines look in the NFL. Yeah, and it's nice sometimes not to feel so alone in, in what you're trying to uh, do and accomplish, right? No doubt. Tell me, you know, I know that you don't necessarily want to look ahead uh, because I've, you know, I've read a lot about you and I, you know, I know a lot about your background and things like that. Um, but, you know, I just remember Kevin Stefanski when he first took over saying, oh my gosh, wait till you guys, you know, see what Callie's all about. She is going to be a head coach in the NFL one day. And that really stuck with me. 
what does it mean to you to have Kevin Stefanski say something like that? It means a lot because, you know, not only was he in the role that I'm in now, but he climbed his way through all of the tiers of what it takes. He coached virtually every position on the offensive side of the ball, um, working his way up to becoming a play caller. Um, so to me, it means a lot because that's somebody who went through it, who saw what it what it took to get through it, um, who understands the characteristics of somebody who, who's going to be successful in that journey. So coming from from him, you know, that that means a ton, you know, that that's that's awesome, because I think a lot of times when you when you start on on a journey like this or when you get involved in coaching, you know, there's a lot of unknowns. Am I going to be good at this? Is it you know, am I going to grow into this role? Am I going to be able to take that on? Um, there's a lot of unknowns with that stuff. And so for him to to see something in me this early on really means a lot. So he's also speaking, speaking it into existence, right? He's kind of setting that bar for you, right? Absolutely. Yeah, he is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you kind of have no choice now, I think. So it's what it sounds like. <laughs> it's game on, Callie. That's right. <laughs> right. Um, what is it about Kevin? I mean, I, I, I see you guys coaching together out there. I see the, uh, you know, sort of the synergy between you. What is it about him uh, that, you know, that kind of makes him special? And, and why are you guys kind of just like hitting it off and working so well together? He's a, he's a great leader in so many ways. And I think sometimes when people say that about head coaches, it's so, so general, but for me, like his leadership style is, you know, he's, he's engulfed in all the facets of what we do. He's not above the things that we have to do. He wants to be involved um, in, in, in every part of what we do as a coaching staff. Um, his communication style, I, I think, you know, especially you, you're no stranger to just how great of a communicator he is. Um, he's clear, he's concise, and he makes, you know, you feel appreciated and, and, and necessary in the conversations that he has. He's constantly teaching. Um, and, and I think that's important too. Instead of just like, hey, this task, I like it done this way. It's more so like, let's, let's walk through why, you know, let's, let's, let's walk through why this is important, how this helps us out, you know, long-term. And he's a bigger picture person. So to me, he just has a ton of characteristics that make him uh, somebody that you want to learn from, somebody that you do learn from, even if he realizes he's teaching or not. Um, and he's definitely made me more detail-oriented as well, which I, I very much so appreciate. Um, but yeah, I, I just think, as a person, as a leader, as a coach, he's somebody that you want, you want to engage with, you want to learn from, you know, he just has such a great positive energy about him. And, you know, somewhere many years down the road, when you look back on this time, this experience, setting this whole thing up with him, it's probably going to be pretty cool uh, that the person, the first uh, head coach in the NFL that you will be really modeling yourself after will yeah. be Kevin and all the cool things about him, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's cool. And I know that there's a lot of things that he does with us that he pulled um, from Coach Childress too, like just some of the things he learned and, and all of really the head coaches that he's worked for to this point. And, um, and, I, and I agree, it, it's, it's an honor to be able to kind of grow in the way that, you know, he's setting this up and, and um, I'm really excited about it. And, you know, uh, you may have seen that I tweeted that uh, one day where you were just, you know, th you know, throwing the nice tight spirals to the uh, to the players and in the, in the individual drills there. And I I, uh, I put that out there. I just you know, I thought it was just so cool. You know, you're not uh, you know, people might think, oh, well, you know, you are chief of staff, whatever. You know, what does that mean? But, uh, you know, here you are out there hands on coaching. And I think it's important 
that people see that um, and, and just how important of a role that you really have and how they, you know, Kevin really lets you dig in there and be so hands-on. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about that and, and your tight spirals and, and how the, uh, how the players respond to all that. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I, in our, in our early conversations about what this role was going to be, um, he really said to make it as big or as small as I wanted to make it. Um, and that was awesome to me because uh, there was a lot that I wanted to get involved with and, and also staying involved in the football side of it, even though, you know, it's like you're running around with your hair on fire most of the week from the operational standpoint. Um, but staying involved in the football side of it was really important to me uh, in our early discussions. And he said, do it however you can. And, um, you know, so for me, it was kind of just trying to find out, you know, where, where could I contribute on the field? And um, Coach O'Shea and I also uh, established a really good rapport early on. And, you know, I sit in his office, watch film with him and, and do a bunch of things as it pertain to the receivers. So I gravitated over there and, and just, you know, started throwing with them and being able to coach and build a, you know, a relationship with the guys in that group as well, which was awesome. And, and they love it. You know, they, they joke too um, about one of the quality control coaches who was there before and that uh, they, they prefer my arm. So uh, I'll take that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, and, and I think being able to do that too helps you establish a relationship with the players. Um, you're not just standing on the sidelines directing traffic, you're involved in their drills and their drills are what helps set them up for success on Sunday. So if you can be somebody who's involved in that process for them, they gain a lot of that out of it. The relationship gains a lot out of that. So I, I enjoy getting as much interaction with the guys as possible. Um, you know, I, I work tire, tirelessly to set things up so that things are easy and, and, and smooth for them. And then I like to enjoy that with them once it's out, once it's out there. So um, that's kind of what that is for me. And, and I'm, I, I really enjoy being able to do it. Well, what a room you walked into, right? I mean, yeah, got, <laughs> yeah, yeah. absolutely. Odell, you've got some really amazing personalities in there. So, uh, you know, just tell me a little bit about that. How are you getting along with those guys? I mean, it must be uh, a little bit of an adventure every day. I mean, I, you know, I know those guys a little bit and uh, it's gotta be a lot of fun for you. It is, and that's exactly what it was, is, is, is trying to figure them out and them trying to figure me out and that kind of little game of, of engaging and learning about each other. But I mean, they've been great, they have fun. You know, the thing about those guys is, is once they get out on the field, it's their happy place. Um, and they're light, they're having fun, they're enjoying it, they're in their element. And so, I mean, and that's the experience I've had with football players in general. You're gonna get the best version of themselves when they're out there, when they're playing, when they're involved, when you can get a ball in their hands. So uh, that's the best time to also build rapport with them and establish a, a relationship is when they're out there in their comfort zone and in their happy place. So, you know, that was a great way for me to establish a relationship with them is to get out there, fall out a little bit with them, joke around with them. You know, we all razz on each other a little bit. Like, you know, it's great. It's, it's, it's important. And with, with everything that goes on throughout the day, the stresses of a game week for them, for, for us as coaches, um, finding a little bit of, of fun and enjoyment in that process of just getting out there and interacting with, with, you know, some, some, high personality guys, but ultimately just a great group altogether. And let me ask you this. And, um, you know, I know if you're anything like me trying to, to work in this man's world, we try to minimize the, the differences and, you know, really just try to, you know, just be doing our job. Basically, yeah. I'm sure that you feel that way too. But, you know, naturally there are always going to be some things that are a little different. And sometimes in my role, I find that, 
um, you know, sometimes players will feel super comfortable opening up to me and telling me um, their story and sharing with me on an emotional level. And, uh, and that's one of the parts of the job that I really enjoy. So I'm just wondering, do you find it that way with, with the players too? Do you think that sometimes they will tell you how they're feeling, uh, you know, from that standpoint, instead of just maybe how they're performing? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I have no problem asking them to. And I know people ask them all the time, but I do think that there is this extra edge of comfort uh, when I ask them, like, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm good. No, like, how are, you, how are you feeling? Like, are you good? You know, I can see it. And I think that's the other part, too, is, and, and, and I will say, like, outside of the gender thing, I think our staff is really good at this as a whole, too. But uh, reading the players and paying attention to what they're telling us non-verbally as well. Uh, body language is a big thing for us. So, you know, I do think they feel more comfortable when that question comes from me to say, like, all right, you want to talk about it? I got, you know, I got a few minutes to talk about it. Um, and, and, and establishing that level of interest, too, in their well-being, um, you know, not just, hey, you know, how, how are your legs feeling today? It's like, no, like, what's going on up here? You get um, So I think that, to me, is, is really a benefit of being able to have that relationship. Um, and, and establish that rapport because you can, you know, you open up those, those lines of communication that maybe have been closed off in, in past interactions that they've had with coaches. Yeah. And again, and I don't mean to make that be something that only, uh, you know, is, is sort of a female oriented thing, but I oh, do yeah. feel when I've looked at the NFL over the, all of these years that I've been involved, I always thought that that was one little bit of an element that sort of has been missing. And Absolutely. sometimes I'll, I'll read, like I can tell if, if a guy is in distress or is having uh, something isn't right at home or something, you know, you, you know, you just can kind of sometimes yeah. pick up on those things. And so uh, I'm sure that's something uh, amazing that you're bringing to the table that, uh, you know, not everybody does. Um, Absolutely. So uh, tell me about, um, did you help make Josh Allen everything that he is right now? I, 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 I got to work a lot with Josh, but I cannot take credit for that. He's, he's in good hands there in Buffalo, though. That's for sure. Yeah, is it pretty cool to, uh, to watch his development this year and how he's just kind of taken his game up to the next level? Absolutely. And, and it's a credit to Josh, too. I mean, obviously having a, a, a successful year last year, um, getting to the playoffs and, 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 you know, how he grew in the season, too. I mean, we're going down to Dallas this week. I have flashbacks of when we played them on Thanksgiving and just – Josh and, and Devin Singletary absolutely go off on them. It was great. Um, but, you know, it, it was fun to see him grow in the season. And then it's fun to see him take on this off season with a whole different attitude. Um, I know he left the season last year feeling like he left some meat on the bone. And I really sat with him. I think it really sat with him. And I think uh, he really dedicated his off season to, to figuring out how he was going to fill that extra room of potential that he had because it's definitely there. Um, and I'm, I'm really, really happy for him because he's such a great guy. He cares so much about the game and so much about that team. Like, you know, he's a, he's a guy who really, really, really loves the team. So um, I'm really happy for him. You know, and, and like I said, he's in great hands there. I had such a phenomenal experience with Brian Dable and Ken Dorsey, who's the quarterback coach, um, who I watched Ken Dorsey play when he was at Miami when I was a kid. And, and um, you know, so it was cool. You know, he, he's, he's got a lot of really great people around him who are dedicated to helping him find success. And, and it's really awesome to see them, them trending in that direction. 
Now, as you go along through your career with the Browns, you will find that everybody in the NFL has either played here or coached here. So <laughs> I know Brian Dayball very well from, uh, you know, from his time here. I yep. know Ken Dorsey very pretty well from when he played here. Yep. Uh, so it's just so funny, you know, like it's, um, you know, pretty much a, a lot of people have, have passed through these parts. So it is great to see those guys. But I remember at the Senior Bowl, I asked a lot of that year, I asked a lot of coaches, offensive coaches, do you guys think you can take a college, inaccurate college quarterback and turn him into an accurate pro quarterback? And a lot of people said no. And I just did not believe that. I didn't believe it. And I think right now, Josh Allen is a testament. I think he has just blown the doors off that notion, don't you? Yeah, and I think, too, it's a testament, too, to these guys finding systems that complement who they are as well. And that was a big point of emphasis, I know, for them is, is finding ways to not only provide but enhance the things that Josh does well. And then obviously then when you get into an off season, working on some of those other things that you really want to bring out the next season and getting him up to speed and getting him comfortable and adding it to his tool belt. Um, and I think they've done a great job of that there, obviously. And, um, and Josh will, you know, flourishes through that if that's the way you program it. So yeah, I think you can definitely develop these quarterbacks once you get them here, if you help them digest things the proper way and help them flourish in the things that they are also successful with and, 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 and do well. Now, it seems like a common denominator so far in your career is that you have worked for and with uh, a lot of really cool people that just so think outside the box, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's just, I mean, just even reading about, you know, Coach Tevens and things like that. So how, how has that helped you that you've worked for people that are not only willing to hire you, which is which is outside the lines, yeah. but, um, but they think that way kind of in every way. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, you know, starting with Coach Stevens, he's such a progressive thinker in everything. And it helped me because I grew from a coaching and football perspective, always trying to find new, innovative, efficient ways to do the things that we were doing. Um, you know, his thing there also was the safety aspect uh, with the no tackling in practice. And just, he was constantly always evolving and I think that that's important because if you look at the game of football, the game of football is constantly evolving. And if you can't evolve with it, you can't find success in it. So these coaches who think outside the box find new innovative ways to be successful, whether it be from running the football team to what you're doing schematically on the field. And um, I've been fortunate to do that because it's, it's helped me start to think that way in, in all of my interactions with them. I spent a lot of time with Coach Tevens just sitting in his office and, and just letting him talk. And, and the avenues he would go and you're kind of like, oh, wow, I would have never thought of it that way. And then you start to think of things that way. And that's really, really helpful. Sean McDermott is in that category too. And, um, and one of his big points of emphasis is finding new, innovative and progress progressive ways to build culture in the building, which is so important. And, and one of the other reasons why they found a lot of success there is they've changed the culture of the team and the organization and, and, and started to really kind of, you know, direct that in a, in a good way and um, he's another guy who you just I, I would I loved sitting and talking to him about a podcast that he listened to on the way to work and like we would exchange ideas on stuff like that and it, it helps you think outside the box from a leadership perspective I mean when I think of Sean McDermott I think of him as a great innovative leader in general um, and then obviously with coach Stefanski uh, he is he's so creative um, and and 
be so organized and anything's outside the box in in the ways that we had to also with with covid and what we had to do with the off-season program but i used to love and i think some people would have been like oh my gosh here's another challenge here's another task but i used to love when my phone would ring and he'd be like how do you think we can do this like this and do it you know and it, he took on the challenge and then brought me along that journey with him on trying to find a way to do our virtual offseason program better than 31 other teams and and trying to do what we had to do to navigate different things for a training camp better than 31 other teams and I grew so much in the past six months because of that challenge you know really thinking through some of the things that I've had to go through and had to think by being challenged by him or being in the room as he's you know kind of talked about how he wanted to do it um, you know I'm better because of it. Yeah, you know what, and I'm sure you do this too, and I, I did this um, early in my career, and I still continue uh, to do it, but there are so many great minds uh, that you're surrounded with, and there's so much to absorb and learn. Many, many hundreds of years ago, I used to sit uh, with another, like a radio reporter, and watch film with Bill Belichick, right in that same facility that you're in right now, yeah. and I look back on that, and I'm I, I'm just, I cannot believe uh, that I had that chance to do that on Mondays after games. Uh, not every single time, uh, but yeah. enough that I was able to absorb, you know, just some of that brilliant, that genius, that knowledge. I learned very quickly not to give my opinions <laughs> on anything, um, you know, just sit and listen. But um, I found that to be invaluable. And then just even listening to, to Coach Callahan the other day when yeah. we interviewed him, I'm like, I could just listen to him for hours, right? I mean, so don't you find that, uh, you know, that you are just surrounded by just tons of wisdom? It's one of the things that I tell our QCs all the time, like be a sponge. It's so easy with the workload throughout the week and, and just the, the tasks that pile up throughout the day to really forget the environment that you're in and what you can gain from it. And, um, you know, it goes back to the saying, be where your feet are and, you know, ask a question if it comes up in your head, you know, get that answer, sit in as many meetings as you can. Don't just, you know, isolate yourself to one position group as a, as a quality control coach when we have what we have on this staff from a knowledge perspective. Sit in as many meetings as you possibly can. Ask a ton of questions. Don't be afraid to, to do the why, you know, why are we doing that? Don't be afraid to do that. And it's something that I task myself with too, because it's important. Um, you know, you you, you want to leave a season feeling like a completely different version of yourself as a coach and a person. And that's on you to do that based off of the knowledge and the lessons and the experience that you gain throughout those interactions with individuals and then what you pull from the season itself. Now, let me ask you this. As a coach, now I know you've, you had, you met resistance along the way when you were trying to be a player. But now that, that you're a coach, have you, have you met with it you know, at this level, you know, maybe even at the college level from other coaches or players? And if so, you know, how did you deal with that? You know, I think I've been pretty fortunate to be around some really incredible people. Um, you know, I, I haven't really met a ton of resistance. I think you, you naturally deal with a little bit of, of hesitation um, when you first take on a position. Uh, but you know, I think that could also be said for everybody because you still got to show your worth no matter if you're a male or a female, um, you know, and, and I think especially with some of these entry-level positions, quality control positions, offense, defensive assistant positions, um, 
they're ever fluid and people don't stick in those positions for very long. So these people are used to seeing a lot of people coming in and out. And, and so I think that there, there's always naturally that hesitation, like, are you going to be a hard worker? Are you going to make us a better, more efficient staff? How, how are you going to contribute? And then I think, you know, you, you kind of do have that same framework from the players. Like they're waiting to see what you're made of. You know, are you just somebody who's going to stand on the sideline and hold a clipboard? Or are you going to come out and throw some footballs for us and help make us better and get us ready for Sunday? So, you know, I, I think that that's the natural kind of resistance that you that you get in the beginning. But I've always been the kind of person where you're going to know pretty quickly what I'm about. Um, I get right, you know, right down to it. And, and, and I'm going to show you that I'm here to, to make us better. And um, so I, those things didn't linger and last very long. Um, and, and I really tasked myself to do, like, how quickly can I make this impression? so that we can just get to work and get comfortable working with each other. I want to back up just a little bit to the whole COVID thing. I mean, who has to start out their career in the midst of COVID-19? And like you said, you guys, you wanted to do it better. You wanted to do it more efficiently. And from the outside looking in, I think you guys achieved that. So how crazy was all that? And how did you guys pull it off? You know, it was, it was crazy because the other part of it too is like, taking yourself out of the fact that we're working in football, like just as human beings, like everybody was just so confused as to what in the world was going on. You know, I remember being at combine and coach and I are walking from Lucas oil uh, to the hotel. And he's like, have you been hearing all this stuff going on overseas with the coronavirus? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about it. And then like, we're all just kind of not thinking it's ever going to affect us. And then, two, three weeks later, you know, it starts to, to seem like a pretty serious deal. And so really like you go right into battle mode. And again, you're, you're, you're kind of going up against this unknown challenge. Like it's never had to be dealt with like this before. There's no playbook of like, Hey, when a global pandemic happens and affects an NFL season and go to page 27, like there was no guide to this. So really it was uh, me sitting back and saying like, starting from the jump, what, what communication platform are we going to use? Like, you know, here's all these options. If this is what we're trying to accomplish, what's going to put us in the best position to do that? And then, you know, it's decisions like that on the front end. And then it's training the coaches to do it, which is another task within itself. We're really lucky here because these guys are awesome and they roll with the punches better than anybody I've ever seen. Um, but, you know, some of them are not big fans of, of technology. And so you're trying to get them, hey, we're gonna be operating purely off of technology. So we got to get to this point. And, and they were great. I mean, such good sports with it and, and picked up everything like fast. And, um, and then we just kept evolving. So the question coach and I would ask every week is, hey, this week went smooth, no issues. The players seem to be responding really well, et cetera. But like, let's crank it up a notch. Let's find a way because the other part that you want to you want to try to avoid is is making it mundane like hey we're x amount of weeks into the program they're so sick of just logging on to a zoom and 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 sitting in this meetings like we've got to find a way to shake it up so how can you do like you know virtual walkthroughs and quizzes and all these things that that you're trying to incorporate that they would be doing when they're in the building just even just getting them up out of their chair in some capacity. So it was constantly auditing our system and saying, I don't, uh, I know we've been doing this for two weeks. I don't really like this piece. I think we can do it better. Here's how we're going to do it. I was constantly on the phone with Zoom trying to figure out all these new features they had coming out and whether or not we could utilize them. I mean, it was, it was just constantly trying to stay ahead and find creative ways to mimic what we would have been doing in the building. 
unfortunately, as Brad Childress told me when, when Kevin Stefanski first got hired, he's completely unflappable, right? I mean, he yeah. just like can flatline through all of it, right? Yes. Yeah. It's admirable. Yeah. That, that's pretty incredible because, uh, you know, I've, I've covered a whole lot of head coaches uh, for the Cleveland Browns and nobody's ever had to deal with anything like this in their first year on the job. So uh, kudos to you guys for, for pulling all of that off. Um, hey, I'm wondering, um, first of all, how has your transition to Cleveland been? I know we're in the middle of a pandemic, so you probably can't go uh, do all the things that you normally would do when you want to be exploring your new city and all of that. So, you know, how's it going here for you so far and, and how do you like it? You know, I love it. Um, I did get about a month here after I got hired to, to venture out and check some things out downtown and, um, you know, check out Tremont and some of those cooler little trendier places, Lakewood, et cetera. So Rocky River, I love Rocky River. Um, so it's been good. I love it. And yes, I'm, I, I, I think about that a lot, especially uh, you know, during the season and being able to go out and really like interact with the fan base and see them out in the city and see how the city dresses itself up during the season and all these cool things that you usually get to experience. I remember in Buffalo is one of my favorite parts of it is being able to drive through downtown and just see Bill stuff everywhere and how much the city just erupts during the season. And, um, you know, so, so we're missing out on that, but, um, you know, I look forward to the days, uh, whenever that is, that, that we can kind of get back to some kind of a normalcy where we'll be able to get out and experience, um, you know, more of what Cleveland has to offer right here. I have a list like this long of, of you got to do this is, and, and I'm, I'm excited to start checking those off. Oh yeah, you will love it. All of you guys will love it when you really get to experience the full, uh, the full impact of, of the community. It's, it's very, very cool. Uh, I know you have to get going, but I have one more question for you real quick. And that is, when you can get out in the community a little bit, uh, do you plan to kind of, you know, share your story a little bit with maybe, uh, I would imagine that there are, uh, you know, young people from all walks of life, young girls that maybe are looking up to you and saying, wow, I want to be like her someday. So are you looking forward to that opportunity? And when you get it, like, what will you do uh, to kind of let people know how cool this is for you? Yeah, it's definitely a priority for me. Um, you know, one of the biggest things about being in this position is is understanding that it's bigger than myself and uh, something that I constantly remind myself of that none of this matters if you don't send the elevator back down. None of this matters if you're not finding ways to change the dialogue even further. Um, you know, with all of this going on, it reminds me that when I was, you know, a young girl who loved football so much and loved a lot of things, um, I didn't see female representation in those things and it changed what I thought was possible. I mean, it's, it's hard to admit that, but that's the truth. And it's the thing that we say, if she can see it, she can be it. And that's exactly right. Like for young girls to tune in like they did on Sunday and see female representation in, in all of the football facets of the game, um, there was a bunch of, it, it, it's heartwarming to know that there was a bunch of young girls around the country who looked at their parents and said, I want to be a football coach. I want to be a football referee. Like that, that happened. And that's awesome to think about. So continuing to do things like that, where it changes the mind of young girls um, who, who want to do something maybe that they consider unconventional and telling them, no, it's not unconventional. It's possible. And if it's what you want to do, you should do it. Um, so, you know, I want, 
before all of this happened, um, we had a couple things lined up, uh, going to schools and going to some of these uh, youth sports groups and talking to, you know, I've been reached out to by people who have young girls who are playing in some of the football leagues around here. So I, um, I will definitely be on the community helping uh, change the dialogue for the young girls and also hopefully changing the dialogue for the young boys that are around them too, because they also live in that atmosphere and they will grow up to be decision makers who can make positive decisions for diversity and inclusion. And I want them to see that it is normal and it is okay. And, um, you know, it is welcomed. And, and I think creating great allies for women in sports and women in society is just as important as making sure that the women know that they can do it as well. Having allies around them, having them feel comfortable and supported is equally important as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I can tell you that there were at least three female sports writers up in the press box looking down on uh, all of you guys yesterday, uh, the, the three of you, you know, you, Jennifer, and, and Sarah, and we were very, very happy for you. Uh, we were proud to see it. Uh, we were excited to be part of that historic moment, and we cannot wait uh, to see what the future brings. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today on the podcast, and uh, I really appreciate it. And I will see you at practice tomorrow throwing some footballs. Yes, you will. Bye.